Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 o'clock. We go in until usually about 6.30. And it's an opportunity for us to bring forward the kind of information that we shared in our book, by the same title, we have a book out. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And it's based in the work that we did facilitating pet loss groups mm -hmm. for a long time. Nancy did that work for over 30 years. I did it for about 12 years. And we like to hear from you because your stories help us to share with others the kinds of things that are real for people who are going, going through the loss mm -hmm. of a beloved animal companion. And so we're going to share mm -hmm. some stories tonight as we frequently do. And we encourage you to correspond with us. And you can tell us whether or not it's okay to share your story. And if it's not, we'll respond to you through an email. And if it is, then we'll, we'll likely share it if we, if we have the time to do that. And sometimes we'll share a synopsis, but a lot of times we're able to read through read the, the story. Whole, whole email. Or we will take, the, if it's not, we can take this situation or the yeah. experience and kind of work with it in that respect yeah. instead yeah. of being in detail. As we're going to do this evening, because we did not get the okay to share the actual content, but so, the story is so, is such an interesting and useful focus that mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to talk about it in a more general way. And so you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. I'm getting a little tongue tied. <laughs> this okay. information is in, is in the description as well. You can also support our program in a number of ways. You can give us a, a gift through Venmo or through PayPal, or you can subscribe. That information is in the description as well. You cer we're certainly not saying that we want you to do that or you need to do that. We do this program because we want to be helpful mm -hmm. and it's a labor of love, but certainly it's, it's, it's appreciated if you, if you have the means to do that. Also, if you can subscribe on YouTube, that is helpful because that helps other people when they search for content to see the program Not more that. readily. So if you if you could do that, that would be that would be great, and we'll be very grateful for you to do that. We'd like to let you know also that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can learn more about Dakin by looking at the description of this program. You can also learn more, even more, by going to dakinhumane.org. That's D A K. I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. Dakin also sponsors a monthly pet loss support group on Zoom that I facilitate. And it is going to be this month on Tuesday, the 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We run from 6 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. You can go to Dakin and you'll get the RSVP link. There is no cost. So any anybody, mm -hmm. anywhere across the world can join and sometimes has joined yeah. this program. And it's, it's an opportunity to share with others directly and to get some support and feedback. And so I'd be very happy to have you join me for that program. And I think that's it to get us started, Nancy. 
Well, yes. So we're going to talk about two different things this evening. Um, one person wanted to discuss grief of, uh, of a beloved pet that she got as a child and went through all of her stages of development, all mm -hmm. of her school, elementary, middle, high school, and died sometime after that. I think it was probably around 2021. 20, and, and she got the pet when she was five. Right. So this pet spanned all of that development. And I think that that's a really good discussion because once we have that connection to an animal, and you see some of these on social media, right? Babies with the, 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 the pets, the dogs, mm -hmm. more so the dogs and the kitties, but mm -hmm. uh, the dogs, and how they can love each other and cuddle with each other and all that. And I think that that starts that love and the connection of the human-animal bond. Um, and so these these pets, these dogs, these cats, or what are whatever animal are are a child's friend, right? Friend, yeah. companion, comrade, mm -hmm. is supportive, a playmate. There's love there. The 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 dog cat always listens. Yep. Always, you know, is there. And is always true and non-judgmental as unconditional love. And so each developmental stage, right? You know, the kids will sit there and they'll talk to, they'll play with the dog, like, you know, a little kids, right? We're going to yeah. have tea and, and I'm going to put hats on you and all of that. And then it goes into, oh my God, this is what this, this my friend did today. And I'm really yeah. bad or a bad breakup, right? Yeah. So I'm, yep. uh, you know, and they just, love you and they just are there for you. Yep. I remember when, when Eric would carry around Jack, Jack was a 13 pound Chihuahua who grow, grew well beyond the size that they're, <laughs> that they're generally supposed to grow. He looked like a little dingo actually. That's right. He, he did. was the most gentle, loving little soul. And, and Eric, my son, we brought Jack into our household when Eric was eight and he lived for 15 years and he died when Eric was 23 uh, and out of, out of the house. And they were just tight. They were really, really tight. And it meant that relationship meant a great deal to him, a great yeah. deal to him. Well, and also sometimes, unfortunately, there are there's strife and difficulty and sure. arguments and yeah. intensity yeah. with families. Yep. And th that animal is, is an escape right? Yep. For them. Um, and they can go into the room and just be with the dog or the cat or the guinea mm -hmm. pig or the gerbil or wh wh whatever animal it is and feel safer, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So Understood, um, supported, mm -hmm. loved, <laughs> all those things. All those good things. <laughs> and actually, I, just as a, a side note, I was talking to Eric's wife, Christina, recently, and she said, you know, a lot of Eric's passwords have the word Jack. <laughs> that's well, so do mine. I have a all Jack. All my passwords right. have my animals' names in them too, and I hope that's not giving much away because there's also numbers and and yeah, of symbols and all of that. But that's just something that we do, right? 
Well, right. All of our pa- all of my passwords have have a name of, a, of one of my dogs in it, right? I mean, you know. or my child, <laughs> my child, right? Or my child, right? So, uh, but they they mean so much, and they're so comforting to to kids as they as they get older. Um, and I think that that's really special if it's a if it's a family that really loves you know animals that they get connected. I have pictures of Elisa in the dog bed, you know, uh, with, with, with the three pugs, right? So uh, she's laying in there too. And I think probably some years ago she went, oh my God, you know, you're showing that, you know, but, um, but now she, you know, she's a, she's a lover of dogs too. When uh, Ellie, when our, she, Ellie, who's our paraplegic little friend, she adores my daughter adores her and when she comes in you could see ellie's eyes just light up and she starts to cry and Uh, so elisa comes over and picks her up and carries her around right and so they have a really strong bond which is really cool what we what we got from this particular person who wrote we've heard this a lot is i I don't i don't know how to do life without Without this right? this soul by my side, like I don't know how to do it's it. This connection, like, this it's, relationship. I can't re- I can't. There is. There has never been a time in my life that I recall them not being here, and right. that's really. The that's profound, right? For her, I mean, that's or anybody. Gut wrenching because yeah. all of a sudden they feel not alone in the world, but bereft of their soulmate in a way that. Right. They knew, I mean, certainly they knew this was going to happen, but knowing and then actually facing the reality is, of course, these are very different things. Well, you know, the animals there, the companions there, they're there, and all of a sudden not. And yeah. I, and I, and it, it's, you, you know, that sometimes it's very quick, you know, they yeah. may be sick, very sick, but they're very sick in a short period of time. Um, or it could be an agonizing long period of time, or there may be an accident of some sort, and then all of a sudden it's severed, right? And so for that for that person who's always had you know that animal in their lives, I I just it would be like like severing an arm or or taking away part of their 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 existence, their soul, you know. So I mean. <sighs> But we go forward. I mean, we do. Yes, we do. And and if anybody is listening to this and thinking, well, I don't know if I should have a, a pet in my family for my child if this is what they're going to face. The thing that I think it's important to always keep in mind is that the experience of loving a pet yeah. and losing them is training for right. life. Right. It's, that's what happens in life. And, and also, how much do you get from that animal? Yeah, how that much is so worthwhile, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. The the connection, the education of, of of emotions, and and you know, being with loving something and taking care of something, and you know, it's 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 definitely worth it. Yeah. No matter how, how, how do you move, how do you move forward? Well, you just have to, right? Yeah. You just have to. You just do. And it's, you it's, just keep going through the pain. We, we have, yeah, we talked about that last week. We have no choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but 
we always have the choice. For them, it's one lifetime, but for us, it's many lifetimes. So we always have that opportunity to love again. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. So, so the other, on to the next topic. Yeah. yeah the other one um, was a woman who wrote us and had suffered the, the loss of her two cats very close together. And she had a real question about routines. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you work with this, right? Especially with us who have animals. I mean, all animals have to be taken care of. All pets have to be taken care of, obviously. But who are very ill mm-hmm. and take a lot of time and energy, you know, to get their their medications and to take them to veterinarians and to have treatment programs and, you know, so even. Even so, you still have to feed them. You still have to uh, dogs. You have to walk. You know, there's there's um, you know uh, things that you may need to to make their lives comfortable. You know, I mean, we're always here in our household. You know, okay, you know what this is. We I got new bowls. You know, the other day. I mean, those are the things that you start to it. It's just incorporated into your life because there are are four legged babies, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But the routine, you know, look, routines are important, but I think sometimes for people that have all of a sudden lost their loved one, it might it might be, uh, you know, a little easier if the routine is changed to some mm-hmm. degree, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, if if you come home at a certain time and that and that cat was always waiting for you or the dog was waiting for you, maybe you don't come home at that exact time, or maybe you come in a different door of the home. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have to move the furniture around. Maybe you don't sleep in your bedroom for a while. You know, there are a lot of things that can just ease you into a different routine, right? Because the routine you were having was to, was being living with this beautiful animal that you had um, for how many years and then is, is now gone. So changing in routines can be helpful with that until you know, grieving is going through. And, and as you say that, one of the things that the thoughts that comes to me is that when people hear that, they might say, that sounds like a good idea, but they might not be inclined to actually do it because mm-hmm. that's the way people are. We're, we're very much into the inertia of the patterns that we've been involved with for right. a long time. So for example, when you say maybe you should come home at a different time, that has to be, you have to force yourself to do yes. that kind of stuff. Because you you're, you're used to a routine, right? Yeah, you have to decide, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I'm going to make a habit of going to the grocery store before I come home from work so that I come home at a little mm-hmm. bit of a different hour. Or maybe I'm going to shift my exercise time or something. You're actually going to schedule what you're going to do differently. I, I believe that when people are trying to change a routine, the the it, it is very often necessary to to plan and force, yes. force yourself to do it. And so just so if you're going to come in a different door, then maybe you put like a, a ribbon around the door. You usually come in. So if you happen to 
go up walk, to open it you say, oh, and you say, oh, I need to go. And right. you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to, because we, we, we are such creatures of habit and we often feel like we can manage to do the same thing and have a different result happen. And when we're grieving and we're trying to make changes, we have to keep in mind that we need to push ourselves to do those things differently. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, there would be an acknowledgement and an integration of the loss so that, you know, you kind of can go back to maybe something that you had a routine you did have in the past. Um, But it goes back to what we've talked about a lot that you really need to take care of yourself the best way you can during this very painful time when you're emotionally distraught and you're very vulnerable Right, emotionally vulnerable, and and there again, so many people have a heart that we, we can conceptualize that. But what does that actually mean? It means that I plan out when I'm going to go to bed and when I'm going to get up, so that I get mm-hmm. at least eight hours of sleep, if that's what would help me to feel restored. It means that I plan out my meals so that I'm actually I've actually got on hand the kind of nourishment that will be beneficial to me and. All of this takes a bit of planning and scheduling, and it's it's a hard thing to do, even in the best of times. So it's something to really think about and to plan for when you're when you're going to say, okay, now I'm actually going to focus on self care. Right, and that's a and every article you read about getting through grief, Mm -hmm. that is what they say. Um. You want to get support from those who understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really important. You want to monitor if you're isolated or not, especially for people who live alone, who live right? Alone. right? And yep. that they don't have anyone else in the house. I mean, sometimes you can be in the house and two or three people or four people greet differently. And that's also, you know, kind of a process that's hard. But if you're alone, you want to kind of monitor how much you're isolated. Yeah. And and ask for help and let people who love and respect you know that you need them Mm -hmm. at this time. And that's, that's also a hard thing. Asking for help is so difficult for, for many, many people. And, you know, we're such an individualistic society. We're taught that we should pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and those kinds of things. Take care of things. Yeah. And, and when we're grieving, most of us will benefit from being in the company of other people. Right. As, as not not all the time, but at times to, to provide support and connection. Um, the other thing that ha- has happened that people get really upset with, and I'm not sure at what point you may do this. I got a, I, you know, I use Chewy, you know, for, mm-hmm. which is a big company that mm-hmm. sells all kinds of pet products. Yep. And I actually got, even though Rosie's been dead two years, I actually got a birthday card from her. From Chewy. Oh, wow, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, I understood they, uh, they wouldn't have known necessarily. I yep. mean, you know. And, but I've seen that happen with veterinarians, right? Yes. So if oh, it's they, happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for Abigail's. Right. For her vaccination. Her and shot, stuff. right. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when it's. Even when though she died there. 
What was that? <laughs> Even though she died there. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, right. I mean, sometimes uh, it things are not updated, right? Yeah, this it's, it's an easy error to make, I'm sure. And I'm sure people people get really upset with that, right? Because right. they're like, oh, because it's you know an acknowledgement that yeah. their loved one has died. So, and sometimes you have specialty vets. Sometimes you have you know it's an ER visit that you know you have a euthanasia at ER. Sometimes you do it at homes. And but if you can, because there's nothing like getting that kind of that kind of card in the mail, and you say, oh. um, even the insurance companies are pretty good about it because they pay the insurance mm-hmm. if you have insurance, right? Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, it's probably not a bad idea to let you know, them know to, to let them know to, yeah, let, to people let them know, know that they're gone. Yeah, yep. Um, because that's a shock. Right. Yep. All of a sudden, six months go by and all of a sudden you have this, oh, you know, Ellie needs her vaccinations. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's really to acknowledge your grief and to be in it. Now, we've talked about, you know, and taking it in in smaller doses, right? You don't, you, you don't want to necessarily be overwhelmed that you can't function, but you need to grieve. So you have these, these times that you allow that and you're in it, and then you can move out and do something else. You can get preoccupied, you know, take a walk or mm-hmm. you know, go to an exercise class or have a meal. And then when it comes back, you, you, you obviously embrace it, but you know, and, and we all know about the ebb and flow of grief. So it comes in those. Well, and, and also sometimes when people, as you said, have been caring for an animal for years, they've been giving them medication every few hours. They've been mm-hmm. cleaning up after them in ways that are very time consuming and energy consuming. They may say, I'd like to change my routine, but I don't even know what to do. Like I have no exactly. idea what to do. Yeah. And, I think that this was this woman's question. And, and one of the things that, that I think can help is to remember a long time ago when you were much younger, what did you like to do? Mm-hmm. And what were some of your interests? Even as a child, what were some of your interests? Were you interested in art? Were you interested in learning musical instruments were you interested in activities with others, you know, maybe like crocheting or, mm-hmm. or something, painting or bird watching or nature walking, those kinds of things, and sort of brainstorm. And then again, force yourself to try some of them. Like just say, okay, this week I'm going to go to that ceramics class that I mm-hmm. see. I pass by a ceramics place whenever I go to the grocery store or I see it advertised on the, on the menus that have all those little advertisements when I go to a diner and, and force yourself to, to do something new. To try something new. may spark some interest. Mm -hmm. And that's how people rediscover. And, and, and just to generalize this, I've heard this from people when they're approaching retirement Mm-hmm. And they've oh, been yes. all, in, work anymore. all in, in a very demanding career. And they're like, I don't know what to do. Well, yeah. you, you have to rediscover mm-hmm. the things that stir your heart, right? You have to rediscover those. And they're there. You're, you're a human being. Human beings have interests. They're, we're curious about many things. We have passions that sometimes 
go to sleep sort of for a while. Yeah, they're there, and, but you, they're they're hidden. They're, you know, covered. Yeah. You to... and, and so that's, if you don't know, just think way back. And if you can't think of anything, then say, you know, what is something that I might in my wildest imagining want to try? Because if you try one thing, you might say, okay, that wasn't what I wanted to do, but it makes me think about maybe something else. Something else. It's, it's really important. And even, you know, it's interesting because even some of that creative, those creative endeavors, like if you go to ceramics and you can make a little bowl and you can put little paw prints on them, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, your yeah, animal's yeah, name. Yeah. So so you could have some mementos that you've made, yep. you know, memorials for the animal that's died, you know. Um, and, and if your grief is so disruptive to you that you actually can't mobilize yourself, then you deserve to see a therapist. Exactly. And, and help have a professional help you sort out how to, how to move forward, how to move forward with your life, how to integrate the loss into your understanding of your life, how to, how to take care of yourself, we all deserve to feel better, mm -hmm. right? And so don't hesitate to get help if you feel entirely stuck. That's right. It, that's important to do because it it really opens up. Because I have a young man I'm working with right now who his, his little dog was killed. And so it's been many months. It happened in March. And he just has not been able to mobilize himself until now. And then he reached out you know, to talk about these things. And it was, it's been helpful for him to be able to unload all yeah. of that emotion yeah. and, and his, his feelings about what happened and, and what's next, you know, yeah. in yeah. his process. Um, and that's important because you, nobody is, nobody has to be alone in this journey. And that's yeah, why we're yeah, doing the yeah, work we yeah. do, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't have to be alone. And a lot of people have told us that, you know, we yeah, thought we yeah. were alone, but no, we listen to your podcast and we know we're not alone yeah, you know, right. in this process. And also if you do, if you come to a meeting like the meeting that, that I facilitate or any other meeting of that sort, you can ask other people, Mm -hmm. How are you getting yourself out of right. the how, how are you doing? How are you the the grief when it strikes? Like how are mm -hmm. you and what what you'll hear will help. It may not fit perfectly for you, but it will help. It because will help. there's nothing like getting a different perspective from somebody who you know has a similar kind of experience, right. has a similar loss that they've experienced. Mm -hmm. It's really just taking one day at a time. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sometimes it's easier to take little little steps, like instead of the weeks, the months, that every day mm -hmm. and see how you do. But grief, you know, to end. I mean, grief can, you know, after the learning part of that. I think we've had a podcast on that. Is it it makes our relationships stronger if we've been through the grieving process. And we and some of us have been through it multiple times, not Boy, just for our companion yeah. animals, but for our yeah. human um, um, people. Um, but it makes our relationship stronger, and we we certainly can become healthier with our animals. And so maybe that would continue. And we can become more spiritual. 
Yeah. 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 Um, I, mean, I can tell you in the last group meeting that we had, one of the participants very poignantly talked about how the loss of his beloved dog made him just sort of open up to how important relationships are yeah. in general. I mean, it's not like he wasn't aware of that beforehand, but it just really punctuates what the what these relationships mean to us and mm -hmm. how how important it is to give them priority. Yes. When when we have them, whether it's our beloved animal companions or our human companions, our family right. members, our friends. And so absolutely grief can it does ultimately enrich mm -hmm. our understanding of the of what's most of, important. Of life. I mean and, and also the little things don't bother us anymore, right? This is so profound that yeah. you know, we don't have to talk about who left the you know the toothpaste top off, right? These <laughs> kind of things that people can get. Um and you make more of an effort to create memories. Right. But the most important one is you love more completely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you are able to open up and really embrace. Yeah. Which is really important. So Nancy, as we close, we want to let people know that we're not going to have a program next week. Right. But we'll be back the following week. Two weeks. Right? So our, our travel vacation schedule makes it so that we won't be doing this next week, but we will the following week. And we certainly will. And Ken, it's always lovely. Same here. Yeah. Have a good, have a good couple of weeks, Nancy. Yeah. A week. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.